Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Strikes. Welcome to Rock Strikes Ten, the show guaranteed to always give you ten songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes, never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. And now it's time, already, inevitably, to start the first volume of The Fallen of 2017. And of course, with me, as always, the E-Reaper himself, Logan. <laughs> hey, Joey, what's going on? Not much, man. Thank you for coming on to do this. That came along pretty fast, didn't it? A little bit. I, I actually, a uh, little backstory here. I told you this before we recorded the show. We recorded the last one. We wrapped up 2016. Within 12 hours, I was already on the internet looking up music desk for the year, thinking, <laughs> okay, I'll Pretty pick, dark. pick up the first three or four for the sure. year. Oh, yeah. Had another 10. Right off the bat, right off within the bat. within twelve hours of recording, and the last how many episode. for the next one? Just about two or three, two or three? that okay. I know of off the top of my head. Now right. that being said, that's probably five or six. Right, right. So we're always just going to double my projections. This is going to be a fun Moving one. Moving right along, just as we planned, of course. Unlike the last episode, I don't think you're going to be aware of most of the people on this one. This is a blind Logan episode of it's The Fallen, completely blind, with the exception of a few. I've probably but, heard them. Yeah. Most of them. I think you've heard every song on here, okay. but it's going to be kind of a utility players kind of episode. So we'll start off I get you. with a guy named Sylvester Potts, who died, who was the first major music death of the year, actually, Is he? on January 6th. I think so. <laughs> I think it's very valid here. January 6th of this year, no. Sylvester Potts died uh, definitely of death. Uh, he was Died up, of death. He was up there because... He had his big brush with fame in 1962. Okay. But when everybody was still happy. Okay. Because we're about a year from away from the Kennedy assassination. Right. <laughs> so we're still having fun dancing, just about to really start integrating because the twist has happened already. Talking about going to the moon. Yeah, yeah, sure. All the good stuff. And I think one of the absolute all-time dance records this, this fellow had a uh, okay. hand in. The background vocalist, Sylvester Potts. Hey, but... Okay. In the day, okay. All right. if you're on Motown and you're a background vocalist, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Because this fella was a member of the Contours. Oh, okay. And of course, we're just going to play the obvious hit because, right. number one, that's all I have. And number two, this is undeniable. And this is the way you kick off a show. Right. So, for Sylvester Potts and his contribution to one of the greatest dance records of all time. There we go. From 1962, this is Do You Love Me? You broke my heart. I couldn't dance. You didn't even want me around. And now I'm back to let you know I can really shake them down.
course. No matter how old you are, you've got to know that song. It's the classic. Contours, Do You Love Me, featuring Sylvester Potts there over in the background somewhere. But that, nice. there's some loud background vocals, so <laughs> you definitely hear the man on the track. Mixed so. up pretty high. Yeah, absolutely. Good and stuff, though. Yeah, that was a Motown record, one of the greats. So, all right. Moving on here, and I'm going to feel terrible because I don't even know if I'm going to get this last name right. I will probably butcher it. Okay. Uh, but the next guy here died a week later on January 13th. Of uh, I'm going to say old age because I didn't really get the info. I tried okay. Richie Engui or Engi, I-N-G-U-I. I-N-G-U-I. Yeah, Richie Engi. Engui. Okay. Whatever. So I feel bad. What is his contribution? He was a founding member along with his brother. The band, the Soul Survivors, back in the uh, back in familiar. yeah yeah, and they were considered a one-hit wonder of, right. the, of the '60s, right? And uh, they had a couple of other minor songs, but they only had one top ten. That was a song called "Expressway to Your Heart." Ah. and as we do with a lot of the R&B acts, this is actually a flip because usually with the R&B thing, it's like higher on the R&B chart, lower on the pop chart, right? But it was number three R&B. Or sorry, number four R and B, number three pop. Huh? Yeah, weird. What year? Nineteen. You had to ask. I'll get it when we come back from the record. <laughs> but here you go. This is actually a Gamble and Huff production. Oh, okay. So that's probably the magic touch to put it that over helps. the top. It certainly does. So for Richie, this is the Soul Survivors and their hit "Expressway to Your Heart." You'll know it once you hear it. Started to shower you with love and affection. Now you won't look in my direction. I'll be
Right, there you go. That's a solid entry. Very much so. From 1967. Nailed it. Yeah, you, you actually pre-guessed while we were I listening to it. <laughs> so, The Soul Survivors with Expressway to Your Heart, their alone massive chart hit. A song that's also been covered by a bunch of people. I failed to mention that before we played it. It's been covered by Jerry Garcia. Oh. The Blues Brothers was the version I was most familiar oh, okay, with. Okay, right. The Breakfast Club actually had a minor chart entry with it. Really? Number 30 on the dance chart for them. No kidding. Not even kidding. Does it say what year that was? 80? 1989. I was going to say, really? Yeah. That late? Well, it was. I think it was from the same album, but they released a dance version of it huh. that charted a year after their their like debut. Or maybe their follow-up. They might have been doing their follow-up by that point. Uh, yeah, The one well, that nobody have. bought. Yeah, because yeah. I only have the... I, only, I actually like that Breakfast Club album, the first right. one. The band Breakfast Club, right, the right, movie. right, right. The one that Madonna was associated Patrick with. Patrick Leonard, I think that was, sounds right. Was yeah. the yeah, but you'll like this one. This yeah. is this is going to be your favorite cover entry. You and Randy Brown, covered by Bruce Springsteen on the Working on a Dream tour in really? two thousand nine. Huh? Consistently. So there you go. Wait, did I see that tour? Did you? I don't know. Working on a no, dream? no, I didn't. Was that for the Magic record or was that? <sighs> if it was, I sent my ex wife on it. Oh goodness! I bought her tickets. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. Yeah. I'm okay. Oh, oh, you have to oh. imagine how many times I've seen Springsteen. And sure. I'm, I'm okay. I'm bon voyage okay. and don't come back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to uh, three days after Richie died on the 16th of January. Three days. Okay. Like I said, it, oh, there's going to be like a three day in a row venture oh, wow. here towards the end. It's really crazy. That's why they spaced down. Yeah. Just, just run. Just My threes. But uh, like I said, this is very much a, you know, these people aren't household names for the, in any. Got to hit one. Yeah. You will hit. We will hit one, but it won't be someone so much associated with music. But that's a teaser for later. All right, all right. So on January sixteenth of this year, a guy named Steve Wright died of a heart attack. He was the bass player on the albums that sold by Logan. Steve Wright, Steve bass player, Wright. as in W R I G H T with a W. Yes, W. I, I just I don't know. Maybe even stage right. Uh, but he played on the important selling albums by the Greg Ken Band. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, right? Yeah, cool. yeah. So, all the hits you heard, he played bass on. Our Love's in Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy. I, I actually think the two big hits of Greg Ken. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jeopardy. Okay. I think the two big Greg Ken Band hits are perfect pop songs. Oh, yeah. Jeopardy. And I'm going to play you the second one that not as many people know. But you'll know it when you hear it once again. Right. So, for Steve Wright... I like Jeopardy. I thought... Was Jeopardy it just is great. called Jeopardy? Yeah, Jeopardy. That was yeah. a great song. Great song. Great yeah. video, great song. Well, of course, video was the conduit... Sure. ...of being able to get... Absolutely. ...hear anything, because it's... I don't remember hearing anything by yeah. him on the radio. And, and fun fact, I think Greg Ken is the only person that has been parodied by Weird Al that actually showed up for the parody video. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Was the video pretty much... Almost like, no. That was one of the like few the early videos on, that look no sort of similar. Early on, he didn't do it as much as he would later. Right. He wouldn't just like look for shot for shot kind of stuff. Right. So for I Lost on Jeopardy, they were on the set of the game show Jeopardy, and that had nothing to do with the wedding or oh, anything. Okay. However, at the end, when Weird Al gets thrown out of the studio lot, like off a three story building, right, right, he lands in the back of a convertible, convertible, and right. it's okay. driven by Greg Ken and his bride. There you go. <laughs> so Greg Ken turns around, waves at the camera, then drives off with Al in the back seat. <laughs> and that was the last time we saw Greg Ken. Pretty much, yeah. Sadly, <laughs> I mean that was probably it. Yeah. 
But getting back to good stuff, Steve though. Wright. That or, was, I, I remember that stuff. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. So one of the fallen brethren of rock and roll, Steve Wright, playing bass on this, another perfect pop song, in my opinion, from 1981's Rock and Roll album. <laughs> this is the breakup song. Let's see what you did there. Yeah. You know, they just don't write them like that anymore. And that's that's actually a fact, I think. No, uh, but, you're, hey. you're right. Uh, but that was the breakup song, also known as They Don't Write Them Like That Anymore, also known as uh 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 Actually predating Jeopardy on the uh, yes. hits run there. So that was Greg Ken's first major hit. I think Greg Ken wound up being like a wacky morning man DJ. Oh, did he? I, yeah, I saw him on like... Like 20, 20 years ago, I saw him on Where Are They Now on VH1. That's fine. And that's what he was doing. So, yeah, that good works. for him. I, yeah. Can, I can, yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. So, rest in peace, Steve Wright. He played on some cool records. So, moving on here, another utility guy, the other half of the rhythm section, the drummer, <laughs> a guy named Mike Kelly. Are you shitting me? No, like not the other not, guy from no, not Greg, Greg Ken. Ken. Okay, no, I was like, not, no, not the drummer from Greg Ken. Sorry, I was just I was like, damn. I was trying to tie it in somehow. You know how I do. It's like you're doing ELP or something. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, I know, right? You know, the only one we have left is Palmer. Yeah, I know. How's that solo? 
thing. I don't know, but I'm sure everybody's watching him like a hawk. Man. Uh, So we have a British feller now named Mike Kelly who played drums for a ton of people. He was one of those session guys. Good day, man. But he did did find a home in a couple of bands, and one of the ones he had uh, probably the longest life in as a a core member. Mike Kelly? Yeah, Mike Kelly. Okay. I.E. I.E.? Oh, British guy. Really? Yeah, he's up there, too, because he, he just died at 73 years. He said he had a long illness. Uh, I think pneumonia was one of the causes. Wow. But, uh, yeah. So, Mike Kelly was uh, the drummer on most of the important albums by Spooky Tooth. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a band that doesn't get mentioned much in America, but, uh, you know, Spooky Tooth, you immediately maybe think of uh, Gary Wright or Mick Jones, who was a member uh, right before Foreigner started. That'll tie in here a Maybe little later Mick here. Jones. That, and they yeah. wrote they wrote the original version of the controversial "Better by You, Better Than Me," which was later covered by Priest, mm. the one they got sued over. Okay. So there's there's some uh, American references here. Guess I need to read that book over. Uh, yes. You know? <laughs> but Mike Kelly, my spooky tooth book. Yeah. Right. So, like I said, some heavy hitters there at that era that we're going to focus on because I wanted to play something from 1973 in the Witness album. Because Mike Kelly plays drums on it, but I thought it was neat that at the time, and I think the song was actually co-written by Mick Jones and Gary Wright, so that's okay. a, that's a hell of a team right there. Huh. So here you go for Mike Kelly and for the hundreds of records you played on. I'm right. sure it's his his. It's probably look up his wiki page. It's pretty impressive. But here you go. I will from 1973, Spooky Tooth, and All Sewn Up.
All right, there you go. That was some spooky tooth there for you. Like I said, you can... Uh, like, Mick Jones' guitar tone is just Pretty unmistakable. Sweet. Yeah, and then, of course, playing with Gary Wright. Yeah. And like I said, for Mike Kelly, who played the drums on there, and how many people did you notice just looking at his wiki page? Like, there's uh, traffic. Yeah, it was like traffic, and uh, he did some, some work with Joe Cocker. Yeah. George Harrison, Peter Frampton. <laughs> just a few people that you might know. I don't know so. any of them. I'm going to have to look up this George Harrison guy. <laughs> right. All right, uh, like we did with Steve Wright earlier. Sounds time. like a cool dude. Yes, uh, like we did with Steve Wright earlier. It's time to do another bass player. Uh oh. And this was a, this was a big one, especially for like people like fans of quality classic rock. I think I know this one. Pete Overin Watts. Nope, didn't know it. The fa- a founding member and longtime bass player for Mott the Hoople. Mott the Hoople, yeah. And uh, actually, it was Paul Stanley that broke the news to me because uh, you know I follow Paul on all the social Paul media. Paul Stanley things. broke the news to you. Yeah, on Twitter and uh, probably Instagram or Did something. Did he that tweet you? No, he didn't tweet at me. God, he, that uh, was fun while it lasted. Yes, Go ahead. Yes. But uh, you know, Kiss actually yeah. did, did some shows with Mott the Hoople early yeah. on, and just. Being a huge fan, because they, they're, you know, Gene and Paul, when they get together and start talking about the stuff they grew up on, it's so fun to listen to, because they love Mott, they love the move, yeah. a lot of bands I got into just because of them, and, you know, they kind of pushed me into listening to those early Mott records yeah. and stuff like that, so... You know, Pete Watts, great bass player. I actually, this is a, just a personal theory of mine, but I believe that Pete is actually the biggest influence on the Derek Smalls character in Spinal Tap. Because Pete was the first guy to have these like really outlandish-looking basses that really just made no sense, but they were aesthetically neat and pleasing, and you know, just one of those like personality bass players. He was right. one of the very few personality bass players, especially in England, right? Where they all are just John Entwistle, and they just stand there while <laughs> chaos is abound. John Entwistle and John Deacon, yeah, and oh. they're all called John, oh, and they just stand there, but they rip. They're, oh, they're great. They're greatness. You know, I, I John Deacon's my current favorite Queen member because he knows better to stay the fuck home. So, but that's another show. That is another show. Uh, Pete Over and Watts, great bass player. I mean, if you if you haven't listened to those early Mott records or just any of the Mott records in the seventies and late sixties, they're I amazing. Think Mott's albums. one of those one of those groups though that are so highly influential and nobody knows. Yeah, especially in America where they're I mean literally a one hit wonder where, in America. Where it Mott, Mott the Hoople influenced an entire generation of people to pick up instruments make music mm-hmm. play it in the in their basements and the garages and take it to the stage and then those artists influenced uh, you know I, I, and i think mata is one of those keystone acts yeah that people had listened to and they were influ- they influenced a whole generation mm-hmm. and then so and so forth kind of like that suave commercial you know <laughs> right what other band can say that david bowie was your biggest fan right yeah and that was that was Mata Hoop. and then that's almost all you need to know and, and right from there i mean come <laughs> yeah. on uh but yeah i mean what to play so i went with something actually the first thing that popped in my head kind of like a lot of those guys at the time speaking of bowie like uh what you would hear like later on on ziggy stardust uh, a bass line that kind of just goes out of the you know, just the rhythm and it's playing their own thing. Right. So I immediately thought of this track from 1973's All the Young Dudes record. Right. This is Jerk and Crocus. Check it out. Oh. Oh, man. 
All right. Some Motha Hoople there. Jerk and Crocus off of their, easily their most popular album, All the Young Dudes. All the Young Dudes. I, I recommend basically the whole catalog. Pete's going to be on all those records anyway, so you can't go wrong. And we're going to move all the way over to a little American classic soul. Preferably the Stax Records okay. side of things, which, you know, this the song. greatest soul music ever recorded of all time. All the, all the Stax. In a pinch, I would say, just beating out Motown. Give me the Stax catalog. That's my opinion. Yeah, but uh, I have to. I just. I think Ooh, really that's a good one. Just for the musicianship, it's 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 better musicianship. I don't know, man. The I think Motown the songs have the wrecking crew, yeah, right? They, no, they had, the, they had the Funk Brothers. They had Funk Brothers. Yeah. So nothing crew. wrong with the Funk Brothers. The Wrecking Crew was the California guys. Oh, that was the California. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the Funk Brothers Phil, have their own documentaries. Yeah, the full spectrum okay, people, okay. for the most part. Beach Boys and all that. Ooh. But for me, soul music, stacks, uh, number one. I, I just, just, it's real close. But I, I, you know, yeah. But that's just me. As far as, like, uh, the the factory approach to the I songs. Okay. We're not going to go with people that broke out on their own, like Marvin Gaye or Stevie Wonder, that did we, it we away just came, from the, the I just the came up with, like, 20 other shows for you. So. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy definitely was a very important key figure in the Stax Records uh, overall factory, basically. The first in-house keyboard player was a guy named Marvel Thomas. Now, when I say the last name Thomas, yes, he was Rufus Thomas's son and oh, Carla really? Thomas's brother. Really? So the fact that all three of them were like Stax, hmm. they bled Stax, they were Stax a lot early on, especially. Right. Uh, some of the original hits were from those people. I get you. And Marvel was basically kind of the guy that no one knew because Carla and Rufus had their own careers. Right. But I just thought this was really cool because one of the very first songs that became a hit for the label was this song that I'm going to play for you. And I think it's especially cool because this session was Marvel on keyboards and his sister and his dad doing a duet together. So how can you play anything else? I mean, this guy played on tons of freaking records. I don't, right. I don't want to understate anything else he ever did. Yeah. He played on William Bell Records. He played on Hot Buttered Soul by Isaac Hayes. I mean, the guy could play, yeah. obviously. Or else he wouldn't be playing for stacks. Yeah. So here you go. This is Rufus and Carla Thomas doing a duet with the late, great Marvel Thomas as well on keyboards. This is Because I Love You. <laughs>
from Marvel Thomas there you go on the keyboards with Rufus and Carla Thomas because I love you from the great Stax records he died at 75 years of age because he was only like a 16 year old dude when he started playing keys yeah. for Stax how cool is that to be there in one of the great time periods of music ever I'm jealous of the guy moving on here yet another drummer and I would say probably the most famous drummer on this list easily especially in America okay. Butch Trucks oh. from uh, original member the first drummer. Allman. Allman Brothers Band, Allman Brothers. yes. So he was the first drummer before they added the second drummer. Right. He played on the first initial albums and stayed with the band. Of course, through the... Eat a know, Peach. Yeah, Eat a Peach. Live at Fillmore, of course. Uh, eat a Peach. Yeah, Eat a Peach is great. Actually, my personal favorite Allman's record is the very first one from 1969. So that's what I actually picked to represent Butch here. What's what that I'm, called? Just, just the Allman, Allman Brothers, Brothers Band, okay. yeah. So from 1969... And for Butch Trucks, one of my favorite Allman Brothers band songs, this is It's Not My Cross to Bear.
Right, there you go for Butch Trucks. That was the Almond Brothers Band. It's not my cross to bear. I highly recommend that. Of course, you can't not recommend Eat a Peach or At yeah. Fillmore East. Those are very essential albums in your your rock catalog, just in my opinion. Peach. That's your opinion. That's just mine. Sorry. Right. <laughs> I think actually the LP. Do you really? I think so. Nice. Very cool. So yeah, Butch died on January twenty fourth. And actually, the last two people, they all died in, in subsequent days. So Pete Watts died on the 22nd. Marvel Thomas died on the 23rd. But Trucks died on the 24th. Oh, okay. Breaking Excuse the three-day streak. Four-day streak. Four on day the streak. 25th, we oh. lost this person who would forever be associated with this song. got a nice surprise reaction there wow. from logan so yeah from, that blew me away actually i was like what yeah. 
Because, you know, I could have played the Joan Jet version, and that's a great version, but... Uh, yeah, but you don't want to do that. But that's... Since it's slower, it's longer, so we get about almost two minutes of it instead of one minute. <laughs> but, of course, never need... Yeah, who need, who knew that Husker Du could, you know... Yeah, slow it down a bit, Kind of right? slow it down. So, from 1984, that was the great Husker Du with Love Is All Around, which was the theme to the Mary Tyler Moore show. We lost Mary Tyler Moore on January 25th. Totally notable. Very sad. An icon in entertainment. So Totally. Very much. I, it, I remember watching her show. Yeah. So if it's somebody that important, I try not to let him go, and we'll find a place for him here on The Fallen of Rock Strikes 10 every single time. All right, we have two more left. Uh, we got a break on that like five-day streak of death. Three days later... I think, goodness, nobody died for like five days. Yeah. That's awesome. Three days. Three days? uh, Yeah. Uh, So on January 28th of this year, uh, a guy that actually played on a lot of cool records, so definitely worthy of being included on here on The Fallen, a guy named Jeff Nichols. Ah, yes. Who was a a very prominent member of Black Sabbath starting in 1980. Prominent yet in the shadows. Definitely in the shadows. He did the tours... And he played on the records, and predominantly through 80 through 86. Right. He did play on uh, a decent amount of the albums post that. So I think he played roughly on maybe about at least a half a dozen Sabbath records, let's say. Which, by the way, I'd I'd like to go ahead and take the moment to shout out to your friend. Oh, Victor. Yes, thank you. In España. Yes. Victor from the Mars Attacks podcast, by the way. For the fantastic communication on on uh, a lot of the information on Jeff Nichols, who I, I knew about and knew that he played on s- several different, you know, great Sabbath records, but he really uh, tuned us in on to some good good information that Joey has right here. Go ahead, yeah. Joey. Yeah, he really came through because I just messaged him out of the blue and then he got right back to me. And it's I, like midnight in Spain. Yes, it definitely is. Right now. Yeah. So there was always this rumor that, that Jeff Nichols might have actually played some ghost bass in, uh, in front of Geezer on Heaven and Hell, on the Heaven and Hell album. Right. Uh, but he, he finally he did some digging and he said, uh, not true. And he gave me a whole bunch of great facts about him. So we pretty much got it down to the point where probably the album that he most contributed to where he had a lot of co-writes and you can hear his keyboards a lot we determined the seventh star record seventh is, star. would be yeah. the way to go so there you go and jeff nichols rest in peace you contributed to some fine albums all those ryan james dio records too by the way oh, oh yeah uh when he was in sabbath great stuff and I like the Seven Star album. I, I don't think it's that bad. I think it's uh, huh. unfairly bashed. Because, I mean, come on. It's not that bad. You got freaking Tony and freaking Glenn Hughes on the on the, on the the vocals doing so a great job. Are you I, need it? Uh, I think that that is actually up to <laughs> uh, the individual. Okay. I like it. So but. I actually, because I actually have like Headless Cross. Oh, then you definitely need Seven Star. <laughs> if you got Headless Cross, you must have Seven Star. So, yeah, on principle. And plus, Eric Singer plays on it too. So. Right. Oh, okay. So here you go. For Jeff Nichols, this is the title track to Seventh Star.
All right, there you go. For Jeff Nichols, that was Black Sabbath featuring Tony Iommi officially, because that's how the album was built. That's how it was built. It was supposed to be a Tony album initially, and then the label said, well, we'd like you to put the Black Sabbath name on there. With a great, 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 great Glenn Hughes on vocals there. And, yeah, so Black Sabbath featuring Tony Iommi. That was Seventh Star (laughs) from Seventh Star. So who played bass? Geezer? Actually, Dave Spitz. Dave uh, Spitz. Who is Dan Spitz's brother. Who was drummer? Drummer was Eric Singer. It was Eric Singer. Yes, yes. And did the tour. Uh, really? Glenn Hughes lasted like maybe two or three shows before he got canned because he was at his absolute Wait, lowest. Who at, did? Uh, Glenn Hughes got fired oh. three days into the tour or something like no. that because he was at his absolute lowest as an addict and oh. was so unreliable that they just couldn't deal with it. So Ray Gillen did the majority of the tour. Really? Yeah, Ray Gillen, right before he became known as the guy that sang for Badlands and left us oh, too right. soon, sadly. Right. But uh sounded great on the tour. If you get the if you actually if you get the remastered deluxe that's only available as a European import for seven star, the bonus disc Good is Good day, mate. Yes. The bonus disc is from the tour where you hear Ray Gillen singing songs from that album in addition to some of the Ozzy and Dio songs as well. so What about Eternal Idol? I mean, uh, how does that work in... Uh, Eternal Idol Je- came... Jeff was on those, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Eternal Idol is the follow-up album to Seven Star. Well, yeah, yeah I Because knew that. Singer, uh, Singer plays drums on it. So who was the vocal on that? Well, Ray Gillum was supposed to be the vocalist. Oh, okay. And they recorded, they were recording vocals. Right. And then they, I guess Ray Gillen, like left... And so they they scrapped had, that. They scrapped it. Had Tony Martin sing on. Tony it. Martin. Okay, that's yeah. whenever Tony Martin came in. Sabbath okay. is a very complicated band. <laughs> like I recommend two books. You need to read Symptom of the Universe and and the Black Sabbath FAQ. Those are two of the best Sabbath books I've ever read. Because Tony Sim- ever put out a book? Did Tony? Tony has his own book? I still haven't read Tony's book, okay. but I will. I just wondered. That's on the list. I figured. So. I, I thought that he had one. Yes. I didn't mean to bog. No, no, you're fine. So John Wetton, another Brit, he also left us at the very end of January. Actually, my mom's birthday, January thirty first. Thirty first. Happy belated birthday, mom! No, I, I saw her. I took her out to dinner. Yeah, like, I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. Right before I got deadly sick. Such a good son. Yes. And John Wetton, known as a bass player, I mean, dude, he played on some of my personal favorite King Crimson records, like Red, right. especially Red right. is. I know. Badass, but. I think it's apropos to have this as his entry because the man could sing. He's a great singer. Yeah. And everybody knows at least one song he sang on. Well, and that was that was my first exposure with, with anything with him, too. Yeah. Was and, his work with Asia. Yeah, Asia. And, if you found yourself in then, 82, then you know Heat of the Moment. And even to this day, people know Heat of the Moment. Yeah, so they've heard yeah. his voice. I mean, it, yeah, that's that, that was a that was a staple on AOR radio yeah. in the 80s period. Yeah, but then after you know doing your homework and then finding out that he was in King Crimson and Wishbone yeah. Ash. Yeah, and finding I out mean, that Asia was a prog rock supergroup. Yeah. And and of then guys all of a sudden, like, hey, we and, can play. And, then, and yeah, and then you find find out who else was in this band, and yeah. then just kind of follow the it, it. You know, it's a family tree record. Oh, totally, or yeah. family tree band. Yeah. And I was a huge, huge fan of, uh, well, I, maybe I shouldn't say a huge fan, but I really liked Asia enough to own the self-titled three record. out of four of their records. Wow, Well, nice. at least, I think. Well, I, you're in luck because I'm actually not going to play Heat of the Moment. 
no, that's as, fine. As great as that song is, it's a perfect song. No, it's and, a great song. And somewhere, somewhere in this world right now, a radio station is playing Heat of the Moment. Probably so. But occasionally, they will also play this one, their second most well-known song here. So from the follow-up album from 1983, from the album Alpha, this is, and I think an apropos title, Go ahead. Don't Cry. Yes. Closing off this particular edition of The Fallen, Volume 1 of 2017. Hopefully we won't have too many of these, <laughs> but you have to say it. I mean, it's definitely Volume 1. we 11 more to go. Yeah, we'll see. 
That was a great John Wetton. Great singer. I, I think he has a great I voice. I thought he was a great singer. I yeah. think he would have fit in very well with the Alan Parsons project if they didn't have such a great singer with uh, Eric Wolfson. Oh, there's no that would question. Have been a, that, he would have sounded so good with them, but that's that's a what if. Great bassist, great vocalist. That was Asia with Don't Cry from Alpha, the lead-off Alpha. track from yeah. Alpha, 1983. Those first three Asia records, I, I definitely back. I, I so. have, yeah, I, I loved even Astro, which I think was their... It's supposed like, to be the one where everyone thought that they fell off, you know. Sure. This, the sellout period for the quote-unquote <laughs> prog. Like, dude, you got prog guys playing pop from the get-go. Well, I, mean, I mean, that's a sellout. I mean, I by mean, the time that yes, yes was doing 90... Yeah, like the Trevor Horn uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah the, the 90125 sure. stuff. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know, owner of a lonely heart. Well, I can only imagine... Hard. And what, I like what what they were feeling, but I mean, and I like those yes albums because that's where I came in. Hearing, actually, and, yeah, and I do, I do too. I, yeah. I can appreciate yeah. both both yeah. sides of that coin. I even like stuff off Big Generator. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> Shoot high, aim low, yeah. dude. Yeah, level find a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's Greatness. yeah, but it, you know, I guess be, coming into these particular artists at the time of that, and then going back and 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 discovering their what their previous records were uh, maybe that's easier to digest than starting from the beginning yeah because if you're a king crimson fan and then all of a sudden you hear it was the heat of the moment yeah because Cri- I mean, king crimson never sold out i mean like, they that, never did I, you know I, well I, beat I, they tried with beat but it failed. i can only imagine how shocking that that must oh, that sure. must feel oh so, sure yeah absolutely you know. yeah i guess i'm actually I always say that it would be it would have been cool to been around when that stuff was happening, like right. as maybe like a late teen or early adult, like the days of confused age, right? Like where you get to experience it I'm and be cool. in high school during I'm it. Kind of cool with being outside of that though. At the yeah. same time, I think so too because you know what? I get to like the Stones disco records, you know, right. and I I don't have to hate them like everybody else hated them when they were out. I'll say you know this, saying? you know, the, the the part of that that I that that hurts me the most is I didn't see the bands then. Yeah. Like I didn't get to experience them live. And yeah. they're in their, their like heyday. Being able to see yeah. Zeppelin. Kiss, Kiss back yeah. in 1977. Yeah. And see Zeppelin. And see Zeppelin. And see I'm, Queen. Yeah. I mean, because all, in America you didn't see Queen in the eighties. All of that. Yeah. I mean, th- that's the only, That'd that's the it. only reason why yeah. I wish I had been able to, you know, been a little bit more cognizant. Sure. Of, some of their yeah. some of their work and the four hour Springsteen shows as opposed to the three hour ones that he was doing. You know later. what? I don't know, man. <laughs> that three and a half hour was pretty good back in '85. I remember some comedian. I don't even remember his name, but it was like one of those MTV comedians. Because remember when they used to do the comedy shows on right, there? Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like, hey, can you do some music material? I'm sure that's what they told everybody that went right. through that door. So the guy's like, man, Bruce is great, but he does four hours. So the first hour, like, yeah. The second hour is like. Yeah. yeah. Third hour, you're pointing to your watch. Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. End on a joke, as they say. I even in three death. and a half hour show out yeah. of him. Good so. for you. Yeah. yeah. You know. So you, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. Hey, I, I never know how to stop a show. Sometimes so I'm just going to stop it right there. Yeah. Say thanks for coming on, Logan. You betcha. Thanks, Joey. Yeah, Appreciate it. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show here. I name checked Chris Riley at the end of one of the last episodes, and. He literally sent me a message the next day saying I'm listening to the new show, but he had me sonosed in the whole uh, room of the house. Sonosed. So, yeah, I'm like 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 Bluetooth speaker like oh, throughout the, oh, the house. Oh, Sonos. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 
Thank you for playing me in your entire house, Chris Riley. Everybody else, please do the same. And you can listen to every episode of Rock Strikes 10. On- Ooh. Ooh. Well. I need to make a housekeeping thing. Oh, hit me. From one of our last episodes that we shared together, and we talked about the Pixies. Okay. I had the wrong record. Oh, no. Yes. I mentioned Trump Lamond. What song was were we talking? Allison. Yeah, because of Mo's Allison. It's not from Trump Lamond. It was from Bossa Nova. Oh, okay. Cleared up. Okay. Good. Well, as per my I'm audience, <laughs> I got zero email on that, so <laughs> doesn't surprise me. But you I know didn't what? Even know that. <laughs> but but you know what? Bossa Nova is a fantastic record. Sure. Trump Lamond is. Okay. Thank I'm you done. for clarifying I'm, that. Yeah. I just needed to make 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 good. No, no I yeah. Felt, felt bad for weeks. Yeah. Weeks. And before I get to the plugs, here's an additional plug. I want to special thanks to Victor Ruiz of the Mars Attacks podcast and the No Metal Cred podcast. Please go listen to both of those shows. Subscribe to them. Tell them Rock Strikes 10 sent you. And of course, go to cnjradio.com for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10, including the Lost Classic Rock episodes that have dust on there that I mentioned to Logan off air. Right. Search for that. Right. So, uh, you can you can t- actually type in bands on the search engine because I've tagged them. If you want to see, have Ooh. I played this band before? Have some fun on cnjradio.com with the Rock Strikes Ten oh, okay. page, and also, of course, while you're staying on cnjradio.com, check out the Synaptic featuring Randy Brown of True Alternative. Call me out, Randy, for some new episodes. Send me some new episodes, <laughs> and of course, also the Wrestling House Show blogs and Last Theater on the Left blogs by Chris. How you doing, Chris? We need to talk soon because I'm an asshole. I told him I was going to Skype him the other day, and I didn't get um, a chance to. So I suck. Of course, I got the flu, but still. Well, there's no excuse for that. We're fine. So I'm saying on air, I'm sorry. I'm an asshole for sure. But you're always on the brain here with all of us here. We miss you. So last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Spacebeard for the awesome outro. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband. Follow their links to purchase their new album, Gone, which is excellent. And tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you once again, Logan, for being on. Glad to be here. Everybody else will see you on the next one. Have fun. Kill me!